welcome to our latest OXBC podcast and videocast. Today we have Lewis Harland joining us. Hi. So Lewis, obviously at the time of recording, we are all in lockdown. So where in the world are you? Where would you normally be? What is your lockdown situation at the moment? So I am normally based in London, but in kind of mid to late March, I actually uh, swiftly retreated out into the countryside, uh, just around Chichester, down on the south coast. But uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to avoid the sort of uh, whatever city life would be left and sort of during this pandemic. So um, it's nice and tranquil outside. And uh, yeah, it's been nice to have sort of the occasional walks, which you couldn't necessarily do in London. So trying to take it day by day. I think that's pretty smart. If uh, yeah, if you've got the ability to get out into the country, then yeah, that's that's pretty nice. We're lucky. We've got a a park nearby, so at least we've got that to walk around. <laughs> so, have you learned any new skills? Any DIY hairdressing? What have you had like a you know extracurricular project that you've been working on? So DIY hairdressing, definitely. But that's I feel funny. like everyone everyone's in the same bucket with that. Um, yeah. Or trying to just you know grow out a particular hairstyle which they would never normally would but new hobbies um surprisingly started baking uh but getting quite quite deep into that so I've started out with the sweet you were able to get flour yeah I have no idea how I think I'm just I've just been lucky every time I've been to the supermarket but uh (laughs) started on the sweet stuff and swiftly moving on to the savory so uh I might put on a bit of weight after this and then the other one would be, uh, so I'm really into DJing. So um, okay. I'm trying to produce a, a little bit of music whenever I get time, just to kind of get those creative juices flowing. Because um, I love doing it, you know, late at night, um, you know, if I'm still awake. And yeah, it's been a great little outlook for me. Amazing. Well, that sounds like you're using your time well. That's good. I've been running around my flat with a paintbrush, kind of like a crazy person, touching up all the little marks on the walls and things which just yeah needed doing I think what's what's interesting is I have a few uh, friends who are in the sort of media and marketing industry uh, and just getting their insight into how the current economic situation has made them realize actually their business model has to change it has forced to change and you know I, I'm, I'm hearing stories of yoga teachers that are having to do sort of you know zoom lessons uh, online but actually it's a really scalable uh, product because Absolutely. actually they can now have a hundred uh, people in front of them rather than actually just a small classroom where there's 12. So uh, there's always value and there's always sort of reward to, to be had if you just, you know, look, you know where to look for it. Definitely. I mean, I, well, in fact, our downstairs neighbor um, is a singing teacher, which you might nice. sometimes hear in our podcasts warbling through. Um, but yeah, she's doing all her classes online now and it, it's definitely a, you know, there's no reason why you can't do things like that. So it's definitely, I think making people think, you know, it's pushing them to think of ways to kind of change their business, which I think is great. Yeah, no, for sure. It's interesting times as much as it is scary. Yes, indeed, indeed. Awesome. Well, that's good. That sounds like you're, you know, using your time well. So let's go back a bit and talk about kind of how you got to this point. So you studied psychology at University of Bristol, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I I, I knew for a long time I wanted to study psychology and specifically within that uh, cognitive psychology. So um, and even within that, I was really interested in, you know, Kahneman Tversky models of human decision making. So that's kind of what I specialize with the uh, the dissertation. Um, yeah. I'm really looking at the 
relatively new field of embodiment. So that's just more or less the the notion that we're you know our decisions aren't just merely outputs into the world. There's actually an ongoing relationship or a bi-directional relationship with our environment. Uh, and in turn, the environment can always feed back onto our actions on a kind of fluid basis. What I didn't realize at the time, though, is that that notion, which I really loved, actually carried over a little bit into sort of, you know, crypto networks. Um, so I think that ultimately was the uh, the kernel that kind of took me over and see how I could actually apply that general frame of thinking into sort of what I'm doing now, which was a really interesting avenue to take. Yeah, yeah that's amazing because... Uh, Psychology can sometimes, well, I also did psychology um, back about 15 years ago now. And I did it because I didn't really know what to do with my life. I, I actually learned after the fact. So, you know, learning more about decentralized networks. So I guess, you know, blockchain and technology as a whole, that I actually was starting to connect those dots. But during my time at Bristol, I had heard about crypto in the, in you know, insofar as, as Bitcoin and Ethereum, but I, I definitely didn't give it the gravitas or understand actually how, you know, what what exactly is underpinning this technology and, and how it actually ultimately operates. So um, with that, I, I swiftly moved into sort of investment management, um, which is obviously a completely wildly different world to what yeah. I'm doing now. I don't think I know um, anyone from my course that ended up doing something like that. <laughs> No, yeah. I, every time I tell people, it's it's quite a unique story. Um, but that's kind of my crypto story: is having sort of the, the mental models during my time at Bristol, understanding the industry of investment management and the pitfalls that were to be had, uh, and then carrying over that experience into sort of you know this technology and, and how it can sort of fulfill certain you know drawbacks and niches. That was that was kind of my 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 thinking and my journey in that. Amazing. And is that what brought you to do the Oxford blockchain course? Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually, I think I was, I think I believe, I believe I was the second cohort. So I was actually quite early on, but I was at Tilney Investment Management, uh, one of the oldest investment management firms in, in the UK. And I think it was the, it's definitely around September 2017 when I started getting more engrossed with reading about the technology, understanding Bitcoin the role of the miners and getting this kind of general understanding about incentive design. And what, what I wanted to do during my time at Tilney Investment Management is actually get this other perspective. And that's kind of what the Oxford blockchain program uh, unlocked for me at the time, uh, as well as the connections that I could build, whether, you know, if I was to venture into sort of like that industry afterwards. So yeah, in terms of the kind of first formal qualification in blockchain, I mean, that was, that pretty much was it. Yeah. And obviously it did lead to some pretty helpful connections in the end. It, it, it's uh, I met an incredible um, number of really talented and really smart people, one of which was James Brody, uh, who was uh, at the time just building out RDE Theory, which is a crypto asset investment firm. And yeah, what I was speaking to him for quite a while, just exchanging different ideas, um, unknowingly at the time that he was actually thinking about setting up this fund, crypto-focused uh, fund. And we just started chatting. I think that was the beautiful thing about the option program was you could you could feel pretty open to chat with you know anybody within a group and say what do you think about this idea? And I was relaying you know information and ideas with him for a good few months. And I met the other co-founder of ID Theory, Graham Stanton, and we just started to hit it off. And you know they've been invaluable in shaping the way I sort of I see this space. So really focusing on the aspect of incentive design. What particular industries is this technology going to fill from a niche perspective? 
uh, and, and what exactly you know will drive value in the space, and especially when we think about crypto assets themselves. So, yeah, I, I spoke to them more, and uh, as they're actually formalizing the actual setup by the theory, they then took me on um, as a research analyst for them, which was just amazing. But that was that was very much like very discreet movement from the sort of legacy investment management world to, mm. to ID theory focusing on decentralized networks all the time. And are you still doing that at the moment or is it sort of on? Yeah, so, I, it, so I've kind of got two prongs at the moment. So I'm still helping with the research on the ID theory side. And recently what I wanted to do is actually start a, a crypto focused newsletter called Formal mm. Verification. The, the reason for setting up that was it was kind of a, an amalgamation of my experience as an analyst with ID theory and, and the kind of work that it was requiring on an ongoing basis. And, you know, within crypto and for the people that are already in crypto, then there is a lot of information out there and there's a lot of noise yeah. to be seen and heard. <laughs> and I think for my role as an analyst, what I would have loved is, is to have this newsletter you know, come into my inbox to distill down all of the key signals, you know, both on the chain and off the chain to really understand sort of what are the key takeaways, what are the key developments happening within this space? Because it's really hard, I found, you know, doing it 24-7 to actually still keep on top. So, you know, that was a kind of the starting point with that. But I think the, the problem is with this, this the space is it's, it can be quite isolating and alienating. So there are loads of different areas you can get information from. There are loads of different sources of data that you can, mm -hmm. you can pull to analyze things. So it takes a bit of experience to know where you pull the data from, what data to look at, but importantly, how you tell that data as well. Mm -hmm. So for formal verification, the one thing I want to kind of, you know, distinguish between this newsletter and other ones is really focusing on the why. Uh, which I feel a lot of newsletters probably fall short on is to really focus on the why. So recently there's been a lot of sort of, you know, BTC synthetics on Ethereum and, you know, they're, they're beginning to launch. I want to know why this is important. You know, what are the other competitors or other projects that are trying to fulfill that sort of niche and how they're going about doing it differently? Stable coins right now, we're seeing a lot of activity on the stable coin front and especially leading up to the halvening, you know, if there's mm -hmm. any relationship there. So, and if there is, you know, what, what is the kind of main takeaways from that and sort of why is it important? So that's kind of how the formal verification newsletter works. You kind of got the on-chain and, and the off-chain uh, kind of analysis, but really focusing on that why. Yeah. And what, I mean, what are your, obviously the halvening has just happened with fairly little fanfare um, in the end. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on that? Like what uh, what you think is going to happen with with all of it? In terms of like concrete predictions, I I, I tend to sort of stay away from the sort of yeah. the speculation because for me the more the more interesting questions is this halvening is very much unlike the, the previous two that we've seen for Bitcoin. And clearly, you know, the way we're talking over Zoom calls and from our houses and you know mm. isolated areas, just so is to show that. The, the macroeconomic uncertainty, the fragility of the whole financial system globally is, is happening while we're actually, you know, witnessing this third halvening. So with that sort of tangent, it's very interesting that, you know, Bitcoin as a sort of a future hedge of store of value or a digital gold, as some people prefer to say it, which, you know, could be a little bit more of a problematic term. That as an option, and we're starting to see it with macro uh, investors starting to say, actually, we're, we're looking at Bitcoin uh, more formally, you know, whether they're, you know, leading a, a fund out of the BVI or macro traders like, well, a lot of people out in America, you know, macro traders are actually already in this space and they're already 
looking into sort of, you know, what is the role of deflationary currencies like Bitcoin or, you know, assets like gold in this sort of very widely uncertain financial economic un- uncertainty is how I'd phrase it. So yeah. with the hardening specifically, what you're doing is you're acknowledging these events, which takes that supply uh, into heart. But a really interesting thought experiment is, you know, what happens to the demand of assets like Bitcoin? If there is a consensus of it being, you know, a future head of, you know, inflation from central banks, future debt issuance, it's a really interesting dynamic and one that we actually haven't had before. So that's that's my initial point of, you know, how yeah. I see this um, hardening happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a year ago anyone would have predicted that, you know, it all would have coincided and, and it, you no. know. It's a very interesting time for it to have happened and be interesting to kind of see where it where it all goes. So now I believe you have a, a nice little offer for our OXBC members who would like to receive your formal verification newsletter. Yes. So for some context, I've obviously been a member for quite a while for you know the Oxford Blockchain Foundation. And I feel like this is just my calling card to essentially give back to you know the members that have been really invaluable in, you know, connecting me to other people, mm-hmm. providing different sort of products and offerings that I wouldn't have unlocked before. So it was it very much made sense for me to start this new le- newsletter, but help people that obviously have an interest in this technology, you know, being part of the Oxford Blockchain Foundation, but to really help their sort of understanding and education and learn together how, you know, decentralized networks are are developing, you know, week by week. And the way I want to do that is just, you know, give a a lifetime 20% 20 off a formal verification, which normally is $10 uh, every month, but it will be $8, you know, in perpetuity for members. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll also put information about all of this in our regular newsletter to, to all of our members. So yeah, we'll definitely be um, sending that out. Now, if they want to be able to contact you, what's what's your best contact details? You could either send an email. So lewis.harland.mac.com uh, tends to be pretty responsive on emails. But alternatively, you can uh, look me up on Twitter or LinkedIn as the other sort of two main ones yeah fantastic and something that we ask a lot of our members on these kind of chats I mean obviously you've been really good at connecting with other OXBC members already is there any other kind of anyone else that you think would be helpful and you know we're, we're getting quite a lot of new members at the moment which is fantastic so anything that would be of help to you anyone sort of with particular skills that's a great question I mean uh, what I wanted to do with this newsletter is is not only provide that education for people that are really interested in decentralized networks, but actually to help the companies and projects and team and, and developers that are building out this infrastructure every single day. So one of the aspects of the newsletter is actually providing certain deals for subscribers from you know really key infrastructure builders within this space. So you know, if you're if you're building some great tech or product within crypto, I'd love to hear from you and, and see if there's any room for collaboration, because I'd love to, you know, use this newsletter as a vehicle to support, you know, the very people that are building the next sort of Web3. So that would be great. OK, brilliant. All right. Well, as I said, we'll put all your contact details up on this video as well as with the newsletter. So hopefully we'll be able to make some more lovely connections great. within the OXBC community. Great. Well, thank you, Lewis, for joining us. And thank you. Yeah, hopefully, We've got a beautiful weekend ahead of us. Hopefully, weather-wise. So hopefully, we've been lucky so far. So hopefully, no, uh, it's been a I want it to continue. The one saving grace I think about this whole thing is that actually the weather has, for the most part, behaved itself, which is 
delightful. So lots Very of lucky. time spent in the garden. <laughs> lots of time trying to get the suntan as much as possible. Uh, yeah, well, if we can't go abroad, you've got to get it in the garden. <laughs> got to get it in the garden. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining us. And thank you, Casey. It's been a great chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.